Good day, everybody. My name is Dennis Curtis, and this is the Clean Soul Podcast. Today's podcast is titled, How Can I Be Sure That I Am Saved? You know, we might go through hard times, times of trial, uh, doubt, and unbelief, but we can be sure that we have been born again, that we are saved, and that we have eternal life living inside of us. There's several angles that we can take here, but I want to go over three points. Number one, I want to talk about the basics of salvation. Number two, I want to talk about faith in God's Word. And number three, I want to talk about living attributes, things that are in our life that prove that we are born again, saved by Jesus Christ. So the first point is the basics of salvation. I've got to go over this because we have to be saved in order to know that we're saved. So let's go to John chapter 3. We have Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, a Pharisee, a man of high standing. He comes to Jesus at night. Why at night? Because he loved his position and he didn't want to expose himself to all of his um, fellow Jews that were in high standing, that he was going to Jesus because Jesus was a problem to these Pharisees. So he came to Jesus at night and said, listen, we know that you are a teacher from God because nobody can do the things that you're doing. So Nicodemus understood that Jesus was working in the power of God, miracles, uh, healing the sick, raising the dead, giving sight to the blind, and so forth. So he came to him. Jesus hit him right between the eyes intellectually, kind of changing the subject right away. And he says, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Nicodemus, not thinking on the spiritual side, but thinking on an earthly side, on a fleshly side. And he says, how can we be born again? Can a man enter into his mother's womb and be born again? So Nicodemus was being kind of sarcastic with Jesus here. But Jesus holds the course and he says, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh and the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. So what he's saying here, water and Spirit, it's the flesh and the Spirit. So we're born of the flesh. Everybody knows that. Uh, We have seen children. We know that we were born from our mothers. But then there's also this born-again experience where the Holy Spirit comes and brings us new life. We, without this born-again experience, have a dead spirit. Our spirit is dead to relationship with God. And we have to be born back into a relationship with God, the same uh, relationship that Adam and Eve had with God in the garden. So the Spirit comes into us. Then we can see the kingdom of God. Then we can enter the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is simply the rule and the reign of God. He's the king. So if we come into his kingdom, then we are to be obedient to the rules of that kingdom. And God never forces us into the kingdom. He just tells us, come, I've made a way for you. So we can be born again and see the kingdom of God. Now, how do we get to that born again experience? A couple of points there. God has to call us. 
Jesus said, unless the Father draws you, you cannot come into the kingdom of God. So God has to draw us. And I believe that God draws every one of us at some time in our life. He draws us and tells us there is a way of salvation. Another point is that the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, of righteousness only in Christ, and judgment on the world ways. That's John chapter 16, starting in verse 8. So the Holy Spirit convicts us, tell us we are sinning against God, and it's not a good thing. And then he tells us that uh, he convicts us of sin, of righteousness that is only in Christ. So we can only be right with God if we are in Christ, if we are born again, if we are living for Christ. That's the only righteousness that we'll know. And finally, judgment, judgment on the world ways. This world is passing away, and it's easy for us to see today. Maybe a hundred years ago, it wasn't quite as easy. But today we can see we are drawing closer and closer to the time that Jesus Christ returns. So the Holy Spirit or calls us, God the Father calls us, draws us. Then the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, of righteousness only in Christ, and judgment on the world ways. And then we come to Romans 10, 7 through 13. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So what do we have here? The message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a message of faith. We have to hear God and then believe him. Verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scriptures say, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew or Gentile. The same Lord is Lord over all and blesses all who call upon him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if we confess that Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart that Christ was raised from the dead, and confess that, we will be saved. Now, with all that in mind, God shows us that we are saved if we go through these uh, steps, if we have that heart attitude and speak those words. Point number two, faith in God's word. Now, I just went over the steps that we kind of get into the kingdom of God with. And we need to trust God. That's faith in God's word. We need to trust what his word says. Because sometimes we're not going to feel saved. I know sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I don't feel saved. I feel groggy, tired. I get up and start moving. And then I remember the word of God that told me that I am saved by the blood sacrifice of Jesus. And I take that on board, remember it. And then the spirit of God begins to ensure me and remind me that I am saved. I'm born again. So let's talk about faith in God's word. John 10, 27 through 29, Jesus is speaking. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. 
No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father has given them to me. He is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. So here we know over a period of time as we walk in the Lord that we listen to God's voice. We listen to the voice of Jesus. He speaks to us through His Spirit. His Spirit comes into us when we're born again and we're obedient. We follow Christ. So we listen to the voice and we follow Christ. That is simply faith. Then he says, I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hands. So I believe that. I believe what Jesus said is true. Again, that's faith. We have to trust God's words. 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Bible tells us here that we are a new creation. All those old things have passed away. Everything has become new. Everything is from God. So before I was born again, I lived one way. I had a certain attributes and attitudes. But when I was born again, the way I lived changed and my attributes changed. I used to hate and I was very selfish. I wanted things my own way. Then when I was born again, I began receiving the attributes of Jesus Christ and, and believing I needed to follow that. And so I would became more loving and more kind and more faithful. And God wants us to know this is a process. When I was first born again, I didn't have all my stuff together. I still don't. But I didn't have my stuff together. I still did things. I don't even like to think about the first few months that I was saved because of the stuff that I did. But now I don't want to do that stuff. I'm doing much better. I'm much closer to Christ. I can hear his voice better. I can be more obedient to him. So it's taken a long time. I've been in the Lord for a long time, like 42 or 3 years, somewhere in there. And it's taken time to do that. So don't get upset with yourself. If you sin against God, simply confess those sins. I still do that. Confess my sin before the Lord. He cleanses me, gets me up. I stand on my feet and I go at it again, leaving what is behind me and heading towards God every single day. Another verse that we can have faith in God's word is Colossians 1.13. Here we're told that we are taken out of the dominion of Satan and placed into the kingdom of God. This is a great advantage because now Satan doesn't have uh, power over us. When we're tempted, we can now say no. When I was tempted in the world, I just did it and I wanted to do it. But now when I'm tempted to sin against God, I don't want to do it. And I have the strength inside of me and the power, the authority to say no to Satan get behind me. The Bible says, if you resist the devil, he will flee. Because we have Christ in us, we can resist the devil and he will flee because of Christ inside of us. So there's the two points. I want to go on to the third point, living attributes. Uh, Living attributes, that means things that we do, um, attitudes that we have, these attributes that have changed, you will see these new attributes, the attributes of Christ inside of you, and you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are saved. So let's uh, talk about it. For example, uh, Jesus told us we'll hear his voice and we'll follow him, we'll be obedient. So if we're led by the Holy Spirit, 
We receive the Holy Spirit's words and then we obey them. We know that we are in Christ. Romans 8, 14 through 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, if we are children of God, then we are heirs, co-heirs with God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. So let's break that down a little bit. First of all, if we are being led by the Holy Spirit, folks, the Holy Spirit is talking to us. It's a quiet, gentle voice inside of our heart. And it takes time to understand when the Holy Spirit's speaking and when my mind is speaking. And it takes discernment. And I'm continuing to learn, even now, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And how do I do that? I do it by reading the Bible consistently and studying the Bible because the Spirit is going to speak to us through the words of God, and that is the Bible. So the more I study and the more I learn, not not out of works, but out of love towards God, as I study and read, I think that is the Holy Spirit. I know that's the Holy Spirit. For example, the Holy Spirit is going to tell me sometimes to witness to somebody, to pray for the sick, or maybe to help somebody out who is in trouble. I know that's the Holy Spirit's voice. The Holy Spirit's never going to tell me to hate somebody, never going to tell me to be a thief or to lust after the things of this world. So, Those who are led by the Holy Spirit are children of God. And if we're in fear all the time, we know we're not in Christ because, first of all, the Holy Spirit and His love drives out fear. Love, when we understand who God is and what He's done for us and what He will do for us, then fear is pushed out and faith comes in. So if we're living in fear, we know that we have to come to God and really give our lives over to Him and trust Him even in the tough times. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. I like what some people say, I know that I know. And that's when the Holy Spirit's speaking to me. I know that I know the Holy Spirit has told me I am a child of God. I have been born again. God loves me, and I'm walking with Him. And the Holy Spirit can also convict us and tell us. He doesn't condemn us, but He tells us, hey, this is the wrong road. I might be going down a road of of thought or maybe watching a, a TV show or a movie. This has happened to me many times. I sit down to watch a movie, and the Holy Spirit tells me, this is not good. And I've learned that voice because sometimes I say, well, that's just in my head. And then I continue to watch it. And the movie comes to a place where it it teaches me and shows me things that I don't want to see. So I've learned to listen to the Holy Spirit. That's a good example for me because a lot of times he tells me, don't watch that. Let's go to John 14, verses 12 and 13. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I am doing. 
And they will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So here he says, very assuredly, he's telling us that if we believe in him, then we are going to do the same works that he did. Now, before I was saved, I never told anybody, hey, let me tell you about Jesus Christ and his love, because I didn't know Jesus Christ. I wasn't in the kingdom. I had no idea. Uh, also, when I before I was born again, I never went out and tried to help people. Maybe I tried to help a few people, but I didn't try and help them in the name of Jesus in order to bring them to Christ. But now that I'm born again, that is my desire. I want to bring people to Christ, just as Jesus wanted people to bring uh, to come to him for salvation. And we'll do even greater works. We should be praying for the sick. We should be doing the works of Jesus. 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 through 24. Now, this is quite a few verses, so I'm going to break it up. I'm going to read 11 through about 15, and let's talk about it. And we're talking, point number three, about attributes that we're going to see in our life, and that is going to help us believe and understand that we are saved because we still live on the earth, we still have temptations. We still have tough times. Sometimes we don't feel like we're saved, and we walk by faith. We are saved. Here we go. 1 John chapter 3, verse 11. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil, and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that if we we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Wow. Talking about some strong words there. So bottom line is we, if we see love in us towards the brothers and sisters in Christ and towards our fellow man, as Jesus taught us, then we know that God is living inside of us. We're not to be like Cain, who hated because his brother or sister's uh, life was righteous. And so God tells us hate is wrong, loving others are good. That's the first and the greatest commandment, to love God uh, with all our soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors. Let's continue on. Verse 16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can that, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear friends, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions 
and in truth. So we know what love is. Love is giving of ourselves. Love is reaching outside of who we are and what we want and helping our brothers and sisters in Christ, not only with material possessions, but also with words of love and speech, but also action. We have to reach out. I remember one time we were moving from a house in Gulfport, Mississippi to another house. And uh, one of the brothers in Christ there uh, heard that I was moving and he said, I'll help you. You bet. I've got a trailer. I've got a truck and I'll come over to your house. He had three kids, young kids. And he came over to our house uh, over a two day period, a Saturday and, and partly Sunday. And he helped us move, filled his trailer, filled his truck, drove it over there, helped us unload. And I'm telling you, I thought and I told my wife, too, I said, that was very nice of him. It really, I really felt loved by this guy. I really felt like he went out of his way to help me. So love is not only words and speech, but it's also actions and in truth. In other words, not, I'm not going to do something for somebody and complain and bicker about, oh, I got to do this because I'm a Christian. No, that's not in truth. Truth says, I'm going to do this because God has told me to love and I am going to love this person by doing this for them. Verse 19, this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. That is a good place to be. If our hearts are at rest in his presence, we know that we are in Christ. Verse 20, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. So that takes some faith right there. Even though I might feel condemned for maybe something that I did or some attitude that I had, God knows my heart. And so God is greater than my heart. I go to him, confess my sins, know that this Christian life is a process. I'm getting better every day. I'm not condemned by God. I'm saved by God. He's good to me. He's full of loving kindness, and he's going to lift me up as I confess my sins. Let me say right here, too, that if we have unforgiveness in our life, if we have any type of unforgiveness, that is going to hinder God's work in our life. We will feel not condemned, but the Holy Spirit will convict us, and that will kind of hold God up. It seems like uh, when I have unforgiveness in my heart that God stops everything and says, we're not going any further until you forgive this person. Why is that so important to God? Because God gave us his son and forgave us our great sins, and we now are to forgive our brothers and sisters for their sins against us. Let's see. Well, let's go to verse 22. And receive from him anything we ask for, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. If we're obedient to God's commandments, not because of works, you know, I'm going to work my way through this and be obedient, and that makes me saved. No way. We obey God's commands because of love for God. If it was um, works mentality, there would be no love involved and it would be a hard life. But in Christ, because of we love him and we love the Father for sending Jesus, then we are obedient to his commands. 
and we want to do what pleases him. That's one of our greatest prayers. It's one of the prayers in the epistles to do what God, what pleases Jesus in every way. I want to live a life that pleases Christ in everything that I do at work, in my family, in my chores, in my the things that I watch, the things that I listen to, the way I talk to people. I want to be pleasing to God. And if you're keeping those commands because of love and wanting to please God, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are in Christ, that you are saved. Verse 23, and this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Pretty simple. We believe in the name of Jesus Christ. We believe that God raised him from the dead. We believe that he is Lord of all. You know, when we pray, uh, we are to pray with our heart, with our heart belief, and with a decision in our mind, I am going to serve God. You know, if we say, Jesus is Lord, that is more than just saying, He's Lord outside of us, but He is Lord of our lives. We are going to let Him rule our lives. We're going to let Him be the King of our life. We're going to do what he wants us to do. We're in that kingdom of God. And when God says, whatever God tells us to do, there's so many things. uh, The examples would go on forever. But let's say God tells us to witness to somebody. That would be an appropriate time to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to go witness to this person. But in order to do that, we have to prepare. We have to know who God is. Verse 23. And this is the command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. So as we obey God's commands, the Holy Spirit abides in us and the Holy Spirit also comes out of us, through our words, through our attributes, through our character. The Holy Spirit comes out of us. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. If we see these characteristics in our life coming out of us, then we know that God is working and living in us. So we've gone over the basics of salvation. We have to be born again to enter the kingdom of God. We believe that God sent his son Jesus, that he raised him from the dead, and we confess that with our mouth. Then we talked about being faith, having faith in God, believing his word, even in the times of trouble. You know, sometimes we're going to feel like we're not saved. But do we believe that we're saved? Yes, by God's word. After we're born again, we walk in that faith. And we are to love one another. Listen to God's voice. Be obedient. And we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are saved. Saved for eternity. No one can take us out of God's hand or out of the Father's hand We are firm and secure in his hand as long as we see these attributes and we're living in Christ uh, with all of our heart, mind, and soul. Jesus was a very expensive price to pay for our salvation. So we should be ready to give our whole life uh, to the Lord just as he's given his to us. This is the Clean Soul Podcast.
I'm Dennis Curtis. Hey, just a heads up, I want to tell you that the Google Podcasts will soon be moving to the YouTube Music. Also on YouTube, you can look up The Clean Soul Dennis Curtis and find videos of these podcasts.